Thank you, and welcome to this very special bonus episode of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast. If you've listened to the episode The Gig of Life with Dino Minoxilis, you already know what's in store. Everything being done here at Live Life Loud is funded by sponsorships and support. Now let's start this episode right with your moment of tranquility, deep shower thoughts. I've come to realize many things in life could be much worse, including the idea of milk having pulp. Promotional consideration for deep shower thoughts could be paid by listeners like you. You can show monthly support for as little as 99 cents by heading over to anchor.fm slash live life loud. If you would prefer to make a one-time donation, contact us at info at decibolic.com for further details. Our first guest for this round of Q&A was literally the first guest on this podcast. Guitarist and singer with I Prevail, he is also the host of a very popular Twitch channel where you can find him playing video games and performing guitar for your enjoyment. Please welcome Dylan Bowman. I've got some questions for you. Who is your favorite pro wrestler? Diamond Dallas Page, hands down. DDP. Here's one that might be a little divisive, hopefully not. Android or iPhone? Not only did I work for Apple for a little bit, so I'm biased, but I have a pretty funny story uh, of why I'm not Android. So prior to working at Apple, I worked at Best Buy for a while, and uh, somebody was like, hey, man, you can't really say you're Team Apple if you've never tried an Android. So somebody that worked there talked me into getting the Galaxy S4, I think it was at the time. Keep in mind, this is years and years ago before I met my fiance, but I was talking to this girl that I really liked at the time or trying to call her on the phone. Didn't get through to her, so I just threw my phone in the front seat, driving to work, and I am just screaming with the radio, just singing my little heart out, right? And I pull into work, and I look over at my phone, and it's like counting up, and I'm like, what is that? Apparently on the S4 back in the day, the cover where it would like, bumped the call button and left a voicemail of me just singing as loud as I could to this girl. <laughs> and she texted me back and was like, did you mean to send me that? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like tried to play dumb. And she's like, oh, this is great. I'm keeping this forever. I'm sure she probably still has it somewhere. It's super embarrassing. So definitely not Android. <laughs> I'm with you on that yeah. one. But, you know, for me, it was more the fact that the iPhone felt like now this is going to date me. The palm that I used to oh, carry. Oh, yeah, the palm pilot. <laughs> What is your unpopular movie, TV, or music opinion? So for movies, I actually do not like Star Wars. I feel like that's an unpopular opinion. I, I've i never got, I've, I've watched every one of them, and I've never had that moment of like, oh, cool. I've always been like, I'm bored. Let's, let's wrap it up. Um, so I'm not a Star Wars guy. Unpopular music opinion. I feel like the obvious is that I'm a Creed fan, but I want to take it a step further, and I want to go with a really unpopular music opinion i personally think that overall toto is a better band than queen i know that's a very controversial uh opinion but after seeing toto live and hearing all of their hits and like if you go back and look at steve lukather and what he's done as a solo artist i put toto above queen and i know that makes so many people angry but that's just how i feel you've heard it right here on live life loud (laughs) 
Toto better than Queen. People are listening, right shaking from, their fists right now. <laughs> and all the things that they've been on, you don't know about, like Michael exactly. Jackson thriller album yeah i mean you go back and you look at some of the records that steve lukather has been on and you just go i love this record this is a number one record oh this one's a number one record like you know you look at how many drummers are influenced by jeff Picaro. you know that little shuffle he does in uh roseanne like tons of people that's so iconic and recognizable like uh i just feel like they're so underrated i don't know there's just so much i could i could say about toto i love that band now to set this next segment up dylan and i have long bantered back and forth about me liking and him disliking a very particular topping for pizza. Dylan, you had to know this question was coming up. Pineapple or pears? Uh, I'm going to go with pineapple. I Really? I like, I love how sweet it is. And a little hack that I use on tour, uh, I have pineapple juice on stage with me almost at all times just to kind of like uh, cut the grogginess in my throat, you know? Yeah. That's a nice little trick I use on the road. That is an awesome little insight right there. Something I did totally yeah. not expect. Uh, running or weightlifting? <laughs> Can I say or? Can I just say or? <laughs> sure. Or is uh, just fine. Uh, no, I'll go. I'll, I'll do uh I'll do running just because I can stand to be miserable for like the 30 minutes afterwards. The the weightlifting, like if you do leg day and then you have to walk around the whole rest of the three days or whatever it is for your recovery time. And every time you go to stand up, your butt just starts to like twitch. <laughs> your, your hamstrings are giving out. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. What is your current favorite piece of gear? Is there an amp? Is there a guitar? So I'm going to go with two answers here. I'm going to go with one for my gaming gear and then one for my uh, music side of gear. My fiance got me for my birthday this year an item called the Elgato Stream Deck that allows me to have multiple folders within a folder to do multiple actions. So I can do anything from like sending out an auto tweet with one button, changing the lights on my background in my house on another, to changing scenes on my actual live stream. So it's been pretty revolutionary for my channel. For the gaming side, yeah, if you guys ever check it out, Elgato Streaming Deck, they have uh, like three or four different versions of it. My favorite piece of gear that I'm using right now so I'm endorsed by a guitar company called Paul Reed Smith Guitars. I'm going to say about a year and a half ago, I was in a Salt Lake City Guitar Center trying out a used guitar, and it was a DC-3, which they do not make anymore. Right. Which is basically, if you're unfamiliar at home, it's kind of like PRS's uh, version of a Stratocaster before they came out with the Silver Sky. So I hit up our artist relations guy from PRS, and I said, hey, I really love this guitar is there any way I can get my hands on one? And he goes, ah, they don't really make them anymore, but let me see what I can do. What color would you want it in? And I said, oh, murdered out black, just all black. (laughs) And so he sends me a couple of months later, he sends one to Steve as well, uh, DC3, and mine is black on black with a white cutaway, which is really beautiful. And then I've got the maple neck going all the way up with the blackbird inlays. My favorite part about this guitar, handwritten on the headstock, Uh, has the item number and it says built for Dylan Bowman. And then it's got Paul Reed Smith's signature on the back of the headstock, which I think is just mind blowing. I mean, I've wanted to play PRS guitars since I was 16 years old and saw Ben Burnley from breaking Benjamin play one. I've always wanted one. So to be able to work Mm -hmm. side by side with that company. And now I've got, you know, seven or eight of them sitting behind me now is Absolutely incredible. But that DC3, they have no idea how much that means to me. So, <laughs> Paul Reed Smith, he is the Steve Jobs of 
guitars, for those of you who don't know that name. There have been Leo Fenders and Bill Gates before, but... <laughs> Outside of touring and Twitch, is there what else inspires you? What else do you enjoy? I'd say that outside of touring and outside of gaming, more so in front of them, my fiance. That is so cool. And congratulations again. When or how did the two of you meet? She came into my life uh, in like 2017 and she's just a very inspiring woman. She's very, very talented, very, very smart. And she's just gone through a lot of adversity growing up to kind of give you a little bit of background on her. She has her master's in social work um, from Louisville online, went through her entire master's program, living with me and like five other band guys. So somehow working from, from home and getting all that done with all that chaos going on. She is amazing to be able to go through that. She's dealt with a lot growing up diagnosed with leukemia when she was seven. And what I think is really inspiring about her is Mm -hmm. when she went through that whole process, she had therapists that she got to talk to oncologists that knew how to talk to children that were, they're going to be sharing really, really, really scary things with like, Hey, they're going to come do this procedure to you. Or, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is what happens when people get cancer. You know, the really tough conversations. Yeah, I do. What I think I really look up to her for is like, she went through that. She lived through that experience and found the comfort from a stranger and immediately thought to herself, that's what I want to do. Uh, I want to be that comfort for somebody else later in my life. That is so awesome. She's worked towards that. And I've really been drawn to her because I feel like that's in some weird way, a parallel. She grew up one way, knowing what she wanted to be. And she's constantly fought for that until she's gotten there. And I feel that way with my music career. I really do feel very inspired by her. So I'm very thankful. It's always great when you meet somebody with that same drive, that same passion that they're working in, in their own life. You are the company you keep. I've always been a believer in that. Leading up to finding my fiance, being in a band and being all over the world and meeting tons of people, it was one of those situations where like, I met her, got to know her, and I just knew. Wow. It was obviously long distance because she was living in Salt Lake City at the time, but being able to FaceTime every day. And mm-hmm. like, I still remember when she decided she was going to like come live in Michigan for a while. It was like a three-month trial period or whatever. Oh. I remember calling my mom and being like, hey, this is the one. Like, I know it. And <laughs> And she's like laughing, like, okay, well, like, just, you know, settle down, like, make sure. And like, Mm -hmm. she goes and meets my family and all of a sudden my family's going like, oh, okay, we get it. Like, she's totally the one, like, we're, we're happy for you. And I couldn't be more thankful for it. Honestly, like not everybody gets that opportunity to go all over the world before you meet your spouse. So it's just one of those things where like the stars just align just the right way. (laughs) Let's hear it one more time for Dylan Bowman. Our next guest is synonymous with the most iconic bass amplifier company in the world. Hailing from the New England area, he is a former faculty member of the Bass Institute of Technology, published author of multiple instructional books, and you can't say his name without touring musicians knowing exactly who you're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ampeg guy, Dino Minoxilos. Have you gotten a chance to finally meet Gene Simmons? <laughs> I met him once at NAM. All right. Granted, NAM's not the place to meet Gene Simmons because he's walking around with his entourage. Yeah. All, you know, scantily clad, beautiful women. And of course, being a fanboy, that's the last thing that Gene wants to see, too. You know what I mean? It's like, why do I want to what why do I want to talk to this ugly Greek boy <laughs> who's like drooling over himself when I've got all these beautiful women around? So that was the one time that I ever got to meet Gene. I've come close to working with him on a few opportunities, 
This goes back to Ampeg's previous owner. There was a time where Ampeg, of course, Gene's been an Ampeg player for years, and he actually had his signature amp for a while that we were going to work with Gene again. Oh, and okay. I begged as the Ampeg guy, I begged for the opportunity to go meet with him and right. talk bass gear with him. Yeah. And everybody was like, you don't want to deal with Gene Simmons. You do not want to deal with Gene Simmons. It's like the, the Gene Simmons stereotype. You know, he's this oh. jerk. He's this egomaniac. Yeah, in some degree, like, he probably is. But I've dealt with egomaniacs my whole life. As a musician, yeah, especially say, as a bass player. I was going to say, it's called being a musician. Yeah. I, I've worked with that type of person my whole life. Unless he's some super force that I've never experienced. <laughs> You know, but I mean, hey, at the end of the day, man, you know, he gets out of bed, he puts his pants on one leg at a time. Exactly. Probably does it in a nicer bedroom than mine, but I don't care. It's still but, a bedroom uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's he's definitely not humble. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's got a good heart. The people that are close to him, I, I think he's very generous to. That's, that's the impression I get. That's like the sixth sense that I have about people. But on the outside as a businessman, yeah, he probably is. Yeah, he probably is a jerk to deal with. Business, who isn't sometimes? When you've been doing what Gene has been doing with the amount of success that he's been doing it for as long as he has, right. you've got to put up some guards. Some people you're going to be great with. Other people you're going to be like the biggest pothole in the world that no one wants to step near or in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's understand. That's unfortunately understandable just because of the way the world is. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So a uh, couple of quick questions for you. Yeah. Pears or pineapples? If you had to eat one or the other, would it be pears or pineapples? Oh, I'd pick a pear. Pick a pear. All right. Yeah. Although pineapple goes better in vodka. <laughs> pear might go good, too. Hey, you could be onto something there. Hamburgers or hot dogs? Oh, man. Hamburgers, not cheeseburgers? Well, okay, you can put any kind of condiment on it you want, so let's go uh, cheeseburger. I'd, I'd have to go cheeseburger. All right. I'm with you. Uh, mystery meat has never been a fan thing for me. <laughs> it's going to be a little tougher on this one. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, definitely Star Trek. Live long and prosper. Star Trek was around a lot long, long before Star Wars ever was. I am a, I am a James Kirk fan all the way. All right. I cried when the Enterprise blew up in, uh, what was it, The Search for Spock. Yep. I didn't even know who Khan was because I'd never seen that episode as a kid. <laughs> Create a movie like they did with Wrath of Khan? And yeah. for such a, a bad guy to have such presence without having to tell his entire backstory as they do in every single movie today. Exactly. I just can't with. I mean, Ricardo Montalban. Oh, yeah. That was just, there could not yeah. have been a better anti-image yep. possible. Yep, absolutely. What is your most useless talent? <laughs> My most useless talent? Yeah, do, do you like play the nose flute? Uh, are you good at juggling? Can oh, you I don't do it anymore. Because I quit smoking, but I used to be able to light a cigarette through my nose. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, there we go. That that definitely qualifies. <laughs> Either that or bad dad jokes. Those are both exactly. equal in my opinion. What is a dad joke that you would share? I got to give my buddy Dale credit on this one because he's been posting bad Thanksgiving Day jokes. All right. So why didn't the cook season the turkey? Because he ran out of time. He ran out of time. Ladies and gentlemen, he ran out of time. I told you. <laughs>
what are your feelings about garden gnomes? Uh, hey, man, live and let live. <laughs> I don't have a garden, but if I did, gnomes are more than happy to hang out in them. Absolutely. And uh, the last one I'll, I'll get you with, what would you tell to your 18-year-old self? If you had wow. one piece of encouragement, one piece of advice, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? <laughs> Don't eat the pineapple. <laughs> save your money. Yeah, save your money. Don't go blowing every cent you make. That's my 18-year-old Greek self. Save your money and and just follow your dreams. You have a path and there's so many distractions and they're going to look so appealing. As you're following your path, you're going to see this over here and that might be the easier road or this might be the easier road, but up ahead, that's a that's going to be a tough road, but that's where I want to be. Stay the course. Mm-hmm. Just follow your dreams. And with that, Dino, it's great having you with us. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Are you kidding me? Our third and final guest for this episode is talented songwriter, vocalist, and painter. You can view his current gallery of art for sale at desabolic.com by clicking on the page Paintings by Justin. Making his home in Motor City, please give a warm round of applause to founding member of Black Soul Swamp, Justin Babcock. Uh, What is your most useless talent? Oh, man. The fact that I can take a basketball and spin it on all of my fingers and then take a pencil and, st- and take the pen or whatever and have the basketball on the pen spinning uh-huh. on the pen <laughs> and then i can take the pen and i can put it in my mouth and go like this while it's spinning above my head <laughs> how's that for a useless talent that is excellent <laughs> that, is, that is one of the most amazing and most useless ones i have heard so far <laughs> if only i had a basketball right here in front of me i'd show you <laughs> What is your feeling about garden gnomes? Garden gnomes. Unnecessary. <laughs> Just unnecessary. <laughs> I've never really, they, they don't creep me out or anything like that, but I don't think they belong there. <laughs> uh, would you rather run or lift weights? Uh, lift weights, for sure. I have bad knees. Too many years of jumping on stages. <laughs> Too many years doing that Batman pose at the end. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Who was an influence for you early on? What influenced you to want to get into singing into the rock bands? It was all the the 80s rock stuff that was on MTV. So it was everything from Poison, Motley Crue, you know, Kiss, you know, all them. When I really started focusing on how I wanted to directionally take my vocals, it was when I really started spending time listening to uh, Skid Row. Because Sebastian Bach in the studio is an absolute monster. <laughs> There's just not very many people that can do the things that he did in the recording studio, especially on Slave to the Grind. You're talking wasted time and, you know, all that stuff. Monkey business and, I mean, Slave to the Grind itself. I mean, these are, you listen to his vocals and it's just a monster. He's just skyrockets and it sounds effortless. At that time, I was like 19, 20, and I'm like, I will be able to hit every note that this guy hits on this record by the time I'm done. (laughs) And I did. I made sure of it. One band that you could guest vocal for a show, listen to, loved, adored, or just felt like that was you, what would that band be? You know, there's a lot of bands that I love. And I mean, so many bands that I've I've like listened to and went, 
man, I should have wrote that song. <laughs> that should have been my song. There was a band that came out during the new metal era, and they were called Soil. The guy from Soil, Ryan McCombs, I walked off stage, and Ryan walked up to me, and he's just like, mm -hmm. you're a badass. <laughs> I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> you know, and I, and I walked off. I'd have a really good time getting on stage and singing with those guys. I'd, I'd enjoy that. What's your biggest musical guilty pleasure? Absolutely, without a doubt, unequivocally, it is George Michael. <laughs> George Michael. I absolutely love George Michael's voice. <laughs> and I, I've got like several of his albums and his greatest hits. And I can sit there, like when I'm painting, I can sit there and listen to his music for hours. <laughs> With a glass of champagne or a glass of wine and listen to George Michael in the background with my paint brushes. <laughs> <laughs> How is... metal is that, dude? <laughs> that is so metal. Yes, so metal. Thanks for listening to Live Life Loud, the Destabolic Podcast. We hope you'll join us again and be sure to let your friends and family know about us. To find out more, visit Decibolic.com and sign up for our Louder Life newsletter. The views and opinions expressed during this episode are those of our guest and host alone. Remember, wherever the road takes you, live life loud. loud.